what do Donald Trump, Julian Assange, and Chelsea Manning have in common? My name is Governor Watts. I'm a California lawyer, and you are listening to the Governor Watts Free Speech Law and Video Game Music Podcast Bonanza. Today I'm going to talk to you about treason, because this is something that's been in the news lately, thanks to our president, the sentient Whig possessed by an ancient evil who everyone keeps accusing of treason. Did Donald Trump commit treason in 2016 when he made a speech that seemed to encourage Russians to hack into Hillary Clinton's email? Did Donald Trump's national security advisor, Michael Flynn, commit treason when he allegedly spoke to Russian intelligence officers before he had been appointed? Has anyone else in the Trump campaign or inner circle committed treason by any of the other things they did? This is not treason. And to understand that, you have to see what treason actually is. It is the only crime that is defined in the Constitution, and that definition is that whoever who owes allegiance to the United States levies war against the United States or adheres to the United States' enemies and gives them aid and comfort has committed treason. There are several elements to that definition. First element is whoever owing allegiance to the United States does these things. So you must owe an allegiance to the United States before you can be convicted of treason. Julian Assange, who is the founder of WikiLeaks, who published information that is damaging to the United States, does not owe any allegiance to the United States because he is a citizen of Australia. And as a citizen of Australia, he cannot be convicted of treason in the United States. It is not a betrayal of his loyalty to the United States if he does not have loyalty to the United States to begin with. Contrary to popular opinion among some conservatives, not everyone on the planet has an obligation to be allegiant to the government of the United States. So that's element one. That knocks out Assange. But what about Manning and Trump? Well, let's look at the second part of the treason definition, which is that you can levy war against the United States to be convicted of treason. Now, levying war against the United States requires you to be in some kind of armed insurrection, which Trump is not doing. He's the president. And before he was running for office, when he was making those speeches last year, when he said things like, oh, hey, Russia, if you've got some emails on Hillary Clinton, how about publishing them? How about uh, if you've got those 30,000 emails or maybe you could get a hold of them, maybe get a hold of them and put them out there. That's not levying war. War requires violence. And encouraging Russia in a public speech to hack Hillary Clinton is not levying war against the United States. Chelsea Manning, formerly known as Bradley Manning, is a private in the Army, was a private in the Army, who did owe an allegiance to the United States, but who did not levy war against the United States. There was no violence, there was no attack that Manning committed. So that doesn't count. So we have to look at the other part of the treason definition, which is giving aid and comfort to the enemies of the United States. You might be tempted to go to the aid and comfort part first, but I want you to focus on the word enemy. Enemy has a specific definition, and it means some country or 
entity that the United States is in open war with. Russia does not count because we are not at war with Russia. Russia is not our enemy. You might say, oh, Daniel, that's just a matter of opinion. No, let's look back. Let's look back at the last time treason was ever used. The, the last time anyone was convicted of treason was right after World War II when people were charged with helping Germans, when they were charged with helping the Japanese or the Italians, people that were helping countries the United States had actually declared war on. Well, Daniel, what about Julius and Ethel Rosenberg? They helped the Soviet Union. Yes, they did. Julius and Ethel Ro Rosenberg were executed, and they were helping the Soviet Union in the 1950s. But they were not executed for treason because the Soviet Union, the evil empire, as Ronald Reagan called it, even that nation was not our enemy. The Rosenbergs were executed for espionage, not treason. If the Soviet Union doesn't qualify as an enemy, then Russia today, which is a pale imitation of the Soviet Union, certainly does not qualify as an enemy. We are not in open war with Russia. There has not been a treason conviction in this country since World War II. One of the last times that a treason conviction was, uh, was successful and the case was actually appealed to the Supreme Court, was Haupt, H-A-U-P-T, versus United States in 1947. And in that case, the Supreme Court made important holdings which further narrowed the definition of treason. The court said that uh, in this case, there was a father who was helping his son. The son was actually committing treason and helping the Germans, but then the government tried to charge the father with treason. The father helped the son buy an automobile in New York, helped the son get into a hotel, helped him uh, get food and water, things like that. And the, the court said that that's not necessarily treason on the part of the father. If the jury found that the father's intention was not to injure the United States, but merely to aid his son as an individual, as distinguished from assisting him in the son's purpose of aiding the German Reich or of injuring the United States, then the father must be found not guilty. Which means that if somebody has committed an act which is susceptible of multiple, defin multiple interpretations of its intent, then that person cannot be convicted of treason so long as one of those definitions, those uh, interpretations is innocent. For example, Donald Trump making a speech encouraging Russia to hack Hillary Clinton. There are at least two interpretations of his purpose. One is that he wants to overthrow the government, I guess, is what people think is the treasonous interpretation. The other one is he would just like more emails released so that he wins the presidency. That's not uh, itself an intent to injure the United States. That is an intent to help his campaign so that he wins the presidency. Naturally, of course, his presidency injures the United States, but that wasn't his intent. He's doing these things because he thinks it helps the United States. He ran for president because he thought it was good for himself and good for the country, not because he's trying to overthrow the government. Much as you hate the man, he's not actively trying to destroy the United States. He's just he's doing it on accident. So I, I hope this clears up why Assange, 
Donald Trump, Chelsea Manning, these people cannot be convicted of treason. There is no enemy that they are accused of helping. They did not levy war against the United States. And the acts that they committed have multiple interpretations, multiple purposes, and one of those purposes is not to injure the United States. There is a second law, a statute that comes up a lot, the Logan Act. These same acts by Chelsea Manning and by uh, Donald Trump and by Michael Flynn especially are said to violate the Logan Act. The Logan Act is a 1799 statute from the year 1799, which prohibits citizens from negotiating with foreign governments to try to influence their policies vis-a-vis the United States. It's important to think when when you think like, oh yeah, Trump violated the Logan Act. Oh, it's so obvious that Michael Flynn, when he talked to Russia and tried to talk to them about uh, going easy on the United States because Trump is going to be in office soon. Oh, oh, it's so easy to think that those violate the Logan Act. So obviously. Well, the Logan Act has resulted in no prosecutions at all in its entire history since 1799. There's been one indictment, which means one time the government actually tried to prove that somebody uh, should be charged with a violation of the Logan Act, but no indictments. I mean, no prosecutions, no convictions. No one, no one has ever been prosecuted under the Logan Act in its entire history. So why, what makes you think that Trump, what he did, or what Michael Flynn did, that those are the worst things in all of U.S. history that will finally merit a Logan Act prosecution. Nancy Pelosi met with Syrian President Bashar al-Assad in 2007 in direct contradiction of the Bush administration's foreign policy. Assad, you know, the guy that's committing genocide in Syria. Nancy Pelosi met with him, tried to convince him to, you know, do some things. Maybe not gas his people. Uh, maybe, maybe help in Iraq. You know, she had some conversations with him. But she was not in violation of the Logan Act because the Logan Act is unconstitutional and has never been enforced. And the reason why it's unconstitutional is because it violates the First Amendment. It violates the prohibitions on uh, restricting people's free speech rights in the country. And the reason why is because you have a free speech right to lobby other countries' governments. You have a right to speak freely on political issues. That is at the core of your First Amendment rights. And so for the government to just blanket, have a blanket prohibition on contacting foreign governments to try to convince them to do things that you think are good, even if they're against what the, uh, the president thinks, that's, that's unconstitutional. So the, if the Logan Act were ever enforced against anyone, that person would get off scot-free because a judge would invalidate the law. This is a generally accepted wisdom from people that actually look into this and aren't just mouthing off on Twitter. Another example, in 2015, Senator Tom Cotton and other Senate Republicans published an open letter to Iran's leaders informing them that when a Republican is president, the Republican might veto the Iran nuclear deal, might overturn it, nullify it, and saying, hey, Iran, don't get too cocky, don't get complacent, this nuclear deal might go away. And people said, oh, it's a violation of the Logan Act. None of them were prosecuted because the Logan Act's unconstitutional, and it didn't violate the Logan Act. In 2016, Trump again encouraging Russia to hack Hillary. Michael Flynn talking to Russian intelligence agents about sanctions. Not a violation of the Logan Act, and even if it was, 
it would not result in a conviction because the Logan Act is unconstitutional. Even Mr. Logan, the guy who the act is named after, did not get prosecuted and convicted under the Logan Act. The guy was... The, this was back when, at the early founding stages of the country, we almost went to war with France. This guy, Logan, went over to Europe to try to convince France not to go to war with us. He was actually successful the first time, but it offended the people that were in power at the time, John Adams and, the, and their cohorts. And so they passed this Logan Act to prohibit, along with a lot of other unconstitutional laws, Alien and Sedition Acts and all that, to try to prevent people from speaking in ways that they didn't like. And then the, the guy went back. Logan went back to Europe again and tried to lobby again. But he, even though he went there twice, the second time in violation of an act that was named after him to specifically punish him for what he did, he was still not convicted under the Logan Act because the Logan Act is unconstitutional and thus unenforceable. That's why it's never been used in 200 years. And you might say, well, it's still on the books. It could be used. No. Unconstitutional laws that are, quote, still on the books are still unconstitutional, and they're unenforceable, just like all those laws about not eating peanuts in public in Louisiana or whatever, when you buy those little souvenir books that say 101 crazy laws in the United States. Most of them are unconstitutional. Just because they're on the books doesn't mean that they're enforceable. Thank you for listening to the Governor Watts Free Speech Law and Video Game Music Podcast Bonanza. Subscribe using SoundCloud or on the Google Play Store and soon on iTunes. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Governor Watts, and subscribe to my YouTube account, youtube.com slash Governor Watts. Up next, video game music. Music